the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, real estate, insurance, Anything to help get you to retirement? 20 years ago, I came to the state of California in the month of November. I met some friends and they said, you got to come up to Lake Tahoe and ski with us. And I did. And it was magical. It was a good winter that year. We got dumped on 36 inches of snow that weekend. And I got my hot tub in the mountains for the first time in my life. And I've never looked back. Joining me now to talk a little bit about Lake Tahoe, Truckee, Squaw, the Mountain Life is my real estate agent from the area, Wade Holiday. How are you, Wade? I'm doing great. Good morning. Good morning. So 20 years ago, my life was changed. And uh, ever since that day, I was like, I got to own a place up there. And last year, I took the leap and I did it. And uh, I thought I was going to end up in an incline because that's magical. And then, no, that didn't quite. I met you and we kind of looked around and then we looked at West uh, Tahoe, maybe a little more affordable. Uh, then we kind of figured out I've got kids, and Truckee was the place for me, or Squaw would have been good. Um, my kids love it. I want to say thank you for that experience, and uh, thank you for helping me figure that out last year. Absolutely, and that was a, a beautiful image you just painted of the uh, skiing and the hot tub and, and uh, the beauty of the mountains. That's what brings us all up here. I wonder if I would have won at Tahoe if that first time I went up there, there was no snow and we couldn't ski. But... As it was, it worked out for the best. I think. Tell us a little bit about what's happening. Tell us a little bit about what's happening right now in the Truckee Tahoe area. So we're coming off of one of the uh, largest winters in recorded history, as as most of you probably know from watching the news. And uh, so this spring we have pretty tremendous melt off. It's it's beautiful and sunny, and the the market's picking up. But this winter was definitely uh, a little slower in the market with so much snow falling from the sky and uh, making the roads difficult. So it was it was an interesting winter. Uh, February, March were were quite slow real estate months, but really good ski months. Yeah, it was a, a pretty magical winter. And one of the things I've learned in the last year from having two boys in the Tahoe Truckee area is that Tahoe Truckee is so much more than just winter and skiing. Um, it's, it's, the summers were fantastic. I'm really stoked to get up there in the next couple of weeks when soccer wraps up and I can, uh, get the kids on bicycles and with all that snow, there's gonna be great rafting this year, I would imagine. Right. Absolutely. Rafting, fishing, uh, boating, just the, all the lakes are, are full, um, to the brim and the, the rivers are flowing. And what's interesting is you just mentioned the skiing and the hot tubbing and that image for Tahoe. But uh, we have a saying up here that people people come here for the winters, but they stay for the summers because the summers are so beautiful. You know, we just don't don't have rattlesnakes and many bugs and things like that. And the weather's perfect, and you get up out of the valley, and uh, you know, the, just the the recreation is awesome. Or just you know, sitting on the lake or sitting on the rivers, it's a good spot in the summer as well. It's pretty interesting because. Um the conception or the perception that I had of 
the Tahoe area was really tied towards the Lake Tahoe and maybe not the best restaurants, but the restaurants are amazing. Um, super high end trucky off the hook. Uh, you can go out and drop a lot of money on food for sure, but also like the, some of the mom and pops, some of the barbecue places are, are top notch as well. How has the area evolved in the last 20 years that you've been there? Well, 20 is a big bite. I have been here for over 20 years, yeah. but uh, a lot of the the evolution has actually happened since the uh, since the big recession, since you know, between 12 and now. Okay. Uh, between 06, 07, and 2012 was definitely a much tighter time up here. Everything stemmed down. The restaurants weren't quite as good. Um, you know, before that, they were definitely starting to change, but it still felt uh, felt like a smaller town. Whereas since twelve to now, uh, that the improvements in all the restaurants, the quality, the um, you know the finishes, you go to a place like Bar of America, and everything's really nice now. Whereas then it was kind of kind of more uh, a little rougher. So a lot of that has happened in the last uh, you know. Basically, in this this economy where where everything's going awfully well, and uh, a lot of people from from your neck of the woods want to be up in the mountains and have their their taste of it, so it's uh, kind of brought the the taste of San Francisco and the Bay Area up to Tahoe even more. It's interesting that you say from my area, and you're right, Northern California, San Francisco Bay Area. Um, when we visit, we fall in love, and then we're like, hey, why not? Why don't we stick around a little bit longer? You helped me in that process, and that was incredibly valuable because to drive up there and see places it's a task and we did it in three trips and it was perfect timing and you one of the things you did really well was you narrowed my focus down for me which i didn't even think was possible um how are you, are you still seeing a lot of business come from northern california oh uh, still yes absolutely probably 95 percent okay um, uh, i'm gonna go maybe it's not quite that high but it is quite high it's basically uh you know we are just a driving distance from the bay area so while we do have you know east coast a little bit and, and even uh you know international um and la the majority of our of our business uh, in second homes and vacations and people coming up to to stay in in hotels is is still from from the northern california area uh it's got even more from from sacramento the central valley but historically the bay area is 90 percent of uh, of the people that come up here and what's interesting about what you just mentioned is that narrowing down thing is that everybody has an idea of what they you know if they vacation up here what they love about it and then finding the area that's the best fit for what they love about tahoe is is what uh what I think a good real estate agent can do. I think you're a great real estate agent. Props to you for that because you, you, you hit a home run for me and I have nothing but props and compliments on that. What do you think about your new neighbor coming up, Mark Zuckerberg, buying two big pieces of land up there in the last year? Um, maybe you know, maybe he'll get a new uh, airport out of it or something. <laughs> well, it's a beautiful area where he went. He's right there on the West Shore. Um, I've spent a lot of time on the West Shore of Lake Tahoe over the years and it's a, uh, you know, it's a, it's a little quieter spot down there. It tends to be one of that when I'm looking at uh, at people, and I think I even told you this. It's kind of a the farther you get down the West Shore, the more the uh, the atmosphere is almost like you're camping. You're not driving out as much, especially in the summertime. But uh, but it's a pretty spot, and he's uh, he's in he's in a, of course a beautiful spot as you would expect. Um, I was kind of surprised that somebody. Uh, like him didn't choose uh, to be on the Nevada side because we do get you know most of that uh, that demographic would choose to be in Nevada and find a way to find a way to make that uh, Nevada tax haven. 
Yeah, I don't think he's worried too much about taxes, to be honest with you. I think you're probably right. I don't have any clue about that. I just know that a lot of people do look at inclines if they're going to try to make it, uh, you know, six months. Well, wait, I got about a minute, minute and a half left. Is there anything else you could tell us about now? Is it a good time because there was so much pent up snow and people weren't able to get up there this winter? Yeah, I mean, it is definitely a good time. Uh, we're getting, we're seeing the inventory increase good. quite uh, quite quickly right now, um, whereas it was, it's still, you know, really low, though. So we only have about 360 homes on the market in North Tahoe in general right now, whereas there's been years when I could say there was 360 homes on the market in Tahoe Donner, where we ended up, uh, you know, looking for you quite a bit. Right now, there's 30 six homes in Tahoe Donner and 360 in the whole North Lake Tahoe area. So it's a, uh, it's definitely a thinner market, but it's increasing. I mean, every week I go on three tours for three different areas every week, and we, I see 10 to 20 new houses coming on, which is pretty standard for this time of year. Things coming off of uh, ski leases and people coming on for the spring, summer season. So our inventory tends to increase quite a bit right about now. Thanks very much, Wade. People can find you at wadeholiday.com. You'll give us an update hopefully in the summer. They can find you at wadeholiday.com. If they need your cell phone number, they can contact me, rob at robblack.com, and I'll hand that out, but it's Wade Holiday. Really good guy, and one of the things that I like about an agent is when he could be just totally honest with you. There was moments where he's like, yeah, you don't want a steep driveway. Not in snow. No, no. Perfect location for me. I'm really pleased. uh, wadeholiday.com. I'm Rob Black. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. A lot of you are probably like, why did you just interview a guy from Tahoe Truckee area? Um, I think we all should have goals. I don't live a lavish lifestyle. Uh, I have a shirk's sweatshirt on for basically seven days of the week uh keeps me warm in the mornings when you wake up at four in the morning and you have to drag yourself into san francisco or fremont it's chilly Um, i'm very humble Uh, i've got a pair of shoes that are holes in them like very very humble uh my briefcase is a gym bag because i shower at said gym and i know you're saying wow so you really went all in when you went and said, I'm going to get a second home, an escape home. A couple things. I've got enough money to do it. Um, it's a luxury for me, and I treat it as a luxury. But for my kids, it's a break. I think the Bay Area is a very, very brutal place to grow up competitively um, because we have some of the smartest parents here. If you take a look, if you go to Google, you walk down the hallways, it's, it's intimidating. I once did it with a client, and uh, uh, this was 15 years ago, and he's like, oh, that guy there, he's got a patent in blah, blah, blah. That guy there, he, his, his Wikipedia page talks about his, his mapping technology. This guy here has a Wikipedia page on you know algorithms used to space t- time travel. I'm like, space time travel? He's like, just kidding. But it can be pretty intimidating here, because that guy's kids are smart and are expected to be smart. Culturally speaking, there's a lot of pressure on kids. So one of the things that I always liked as a kid was I grew up in an era where you're, you know, you can go into the woods, uh, you can ride your bike anywhere in town, you can kind of escape. And that's not really the case anymore. I don't know if we've become too much of helicopter parents or what have you, but that release for kids, I think is, is, is needed and super important uh, to just let them be kids and see what a tree looks like. I've got a friend who has a place up in Squaw, which is probably the area to be if you're going to be an advanced skier. Truckee's a great place for the beginner skiers. Uh, they all have kind of like different angles, but he said something beautiful to me. Uh, first and foremost, he bought me a six-pack of beer for my birthday, which I think is great. So we're having beers. 
And he goes, you know why I bought it in Swa, a second home from a family? He said, I want my kids to learn danger. And I, I, I was like, what are you talking about? But he's like, yeah, when you let your kids go to the creek, when you let them climb up a mountain, when you go, let them skin a knee, they learn to take chances and they learn risk and reward. And I'm like, pretty good dad. It's uh, one of the things I like about that concept. Now, what I was saying is it's a luxury for me. And I work really, really hard and I don't even drive a nice car. I have a pickup truck, um, which is funny. In my 20s, I had a car. A friend of mine out of college gave me a Toyota Tercel. And if you know anything about Toyotas, they last forever. And this was a blue... (laughs) I have pictures of it if you ever want to see it. It's a great money lesson because I got a car for free. And she said, here's the only trick. You got to keep driving it till it falls apart. I had that car for over 15 years. I didn't have a car payment to my mid thirties. That's pretty amazing, right? Now what's more interesting about that. That's when I started my investment advisory business back on the East coast. And that's when I met Chad, but that's a different story. Uh, but the car didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> I know you're saying you lived in an era where the cars had no air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I go to business meetings and I have to take two shirts because in, in New York or the East coast, it's, it's a hundred degrees during the summer. And it's, you're dripping with sweat from the humidity. Just walking to your car, you get sweaty. So I'd always take two shirts, and it's pretty interesting. As soon as you hit the bridges in New York, I'd take off my shirt, so I was shirtless. So all the sweat would dry kind of thing. And then I'd get another shirt, brand new, that's pressed, that I would put on before I'd go to the business meeting. Um, but that's how you get ahead in life. You do stupid stuff like that. I didn't have a car payment for 15 years. I'll never have a $100,000 car. I don't want one. I'd rather feed a village in, in India. Do villages in India need food? Because <laughs> I'll, I'll send money. That could be my thing. Uh, you know what I want to see in real life one day? Is an elephant. If I could ever get to one of those habitats and, and help elephants who have been mutilated and cut their tusks off or horrible things like that, that, that's on my bucket list. So I have little things that are on my list. Some of them are more expensive than others. Uh, but none of them are really super luxury. This is the biggest luxury that I'll ever have. Um, and just to give you an idea, um, at one point in time, I'm a big hockey fan. If you know the show, you know that. Uh, at one point in time, I got tickets to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I was like, I should have bought more because I could have sold them and then got into the game for free. So I was offered four Stanley Cup tickets. And I only needed to go with one person, you know, my good buddy, my best friend, whatever it is, right? So I've always had that concept of not hustling, but making your dollars go as far as they can. So if you can get four at face value and sell two in the aftermarket, those two that you sell in the aftermarket, take a big bite out of what you just paid for that quote unquote luxury. I don't know. Do you think like this or, or do you just approach life as uh, throw money at it? It happens. So there's a couple trade shows going on, hospitality and leisure shows where you can learn all about gambling and casinos and such like that. I say, anytime you see a trade show, take a look at it. I gave a speech a couple years ago at Quicken. Quicken has a really good accounting software and they kind of bring out all their developers and all their high spenders and they kind of educate them on all the new ways to use the technology. You can learn more by going through those trade show halls than you can by watching CNBC. I like CNBC because to me, it's kind of like I used to refer to it as financial porn where it doesn't serve a lot of purpose. It doesn't really make a connection with you. I think Bloomberg's much better. But even that is a little too shallow for me at times. So as an investor, learn what you're good at. Learn, like, see things. Open your mind. 
if it's on CNBC, that person probably has a conflict is, is what I'm getting at. Whether they own it or they want to come across as looking super smart, there's probably some sort of conflict. Um, and if you think you can get an investment tip from your friend, you know, it, it goes back to that, that idea. You can pick your nose, you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your friend's nose. Um, same thing with investments. Don't take stock tips from friends. You know who, don't, who, who doesn't invest are people who took stock tips from their friends and got burned. Um, I've got a friend, for instance, who works at Uber. And he's gone way out of his way to brag and be uh, crazy big about it, right? You would think it could do no harm. He's probably one of the biggest cheerleaders for the company, and he doesn't even know it. Now, he hasn't told me, go buy Uber, because he knows what I do for a living kind of thing. But don't take stock tips from your friend, because if you get burned, then you're going to say it's the stock market's rigged against you. And it's not. This market was hitting all-time highs last year, the year before, the year before, the year before. This year, we got there. We had, we're having a great year. And then some Trump things happened. And it's an opportunity. You get to buy at a lower price instead of at a premium. So a lot of wisdom is going to be pushed out at a seminar coming up in Los Gatos, Toll House Hotel. You can sign up for the event by going to robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. It's Thursday, 630 to 830. I'm giving up a Thursday. If there's a hockey game on, I'm probably going to have it on my phone at the seminar. Just telling you. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Looks like Uber's going to open around $43. Where will it go after that? We don't know, but it was actually priced around $44.45 just an hour or two ago, so... They're having problems getting the public into it at the right price and getting everyone satisfied. It'll get done, but this is pretty late in the morning at this point in time for them to uh, get it out there. The latest I've ever seen an IPO debut is right around 1230, and that was for Spotify. And Spotify did this weird thing where they weren't quite doing an IPO. They weren't. They were doing a direct listing. Long story short, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the things I was just talking about is don't take advice from friends. Because your definition of risk may be different than their definition of risk. And to give you an example of that, earlier in the show, Chad Burton uh, was on. And uh, he got an email from someone named Sheila. And the first thing I thought about was Sheila. Or what do I know the word Sheila? Australians call female Sheila. Hey, that's a good-looking Sheila there. But in Irish, Sheila means blind. Kind of crazy, right? In Hindi, Sheila means gentle. So we all have different valuations that we put on words and meanings. Let me give like throw out another quick story and, and tell you like you gotta be your own investor and you have to have your own memes or mantras or whatever. There's a woman named Anna Sorokin who passed herself off as a wealthy German heiress to swindle banks, hotels, and friends. She's in the process of being convicted for fraud. Not a cent to her name. I once met someone like this 20 years ago, and it's pretty interesting because seeing her reminded me that I need to tell you this quick story. When I got into investing as a firm 25 years ago, when I started taking other people's money and doing it for them instead of just for myself, I I was consumed with being the best. And one of the things I would do is I would read voraciously at night and there was a great tech investor. That's like, how is he so good at this? His name was Alberto Villar and he ran an investment firm called Amarindo Investment Advisors. And I was, I, I, I think I had a boy crush on him in a way, you know, an investment boy crush. And what was fascinating was anytime he was on CBC, I'd found it. Like I was, I was always going to be there for it kind of thing. Um, I'd get his uh, prospectuses. I'd read his writings. I'd, I'd do everything I could. If he had a podcast, I'd listen to anything I could. And what was really cool is I got to meet him once. 
And uh, basically, I knew an Austrian man who is from a rich, wealthy Austrian family and had a ton of money. And I can't remember this guy's name, the Austrian man, but I kind of had boy meet girl. I was kind of going to be a deal maker. And if that rich Austrian man ended up doing business with Alberto Villar, I thought I was going to get a commission or something like that, right? So when I met Alberto Villar, he kind of talks like this. He only whispers. He doesn't really talk very loud. I'm like, what's up with his talking? So he does that because he knows that there's people like me who hang on his every word. And this guy was a philanthropist. He was raising millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for the opera. He once got raised so much money for like a uh, an opera house that he he got his a whole picture of himself inside their their programs. And I know you're saying, whoa! Um, so he raised money for the Berlin Opera, or the L.A. Opera, the New York Opera. The story ends up with him going to jail. But at that lunch, I got to watch these two men pivot and and like dance with each other, so to speak, about who's going to give each other money. And the the Austrian guy, this was fascinating. He was a freedom fighter in World War II, and uh, he like blew up bridges and stuff like that. So he's part of the resistance. And I was like, that's fascinating. Ends up, they close the doors, I get kicked out, no deal ever gets done, right? Couple years later, I read an article about this Austrian guy. He was a fraud. He, he wasn't part of the resistance. He didn't have access to a lot of money. He just told people he did, so it would open doors. Gotta be careful who you trust. And then a couple of years after that, Alberto Villar, it turns out he was taking money from people like Lily Cates, who is Phoebe Cates' mother, and an heiress. And he was misappropriating her money, saying, I'm going to invest it for you. So he kind of got in that pyramid scheme thing where he was taking $5 million from someone, giving it to the opera, getting into the opera. That opens doors to wealthy people, right? People don't go to the opera because it's good music. They go because there's wealthy people there that they can hobnob with. That's just my theory. La Bohème is okay as far as operas go. But Vilar ultimately went down because he got caught and he was sentenced to many, many, many years in prison. Here I thought this guy was all that kind of smart. Both of them. And they're both frauds. You got to be very, very careful who you work with and trust. An account should never, you should never write a check to someone. If you're writing a check, it should be to TD Ameritrade for your account. And then if someone takes that money out of your account, they're going to go to jail. But it's not going to go, it's not going to come down on as stupidity. You know, uh, Bernie Madoff. When you heard Kevin Bacon was scammed out of money, you're like, that's funny. But when you start thinking about it, it's not that funny. But then you start thinking about it. He must've had a business manager who wrote Bernie Madoff a check. Like he wasn't getting, you know, anytime there was a statement, it was, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't coming from a real company. It was coming from, an office in New York that said, you have this much money, Mr. Bacon, here's how much money you have. You want to get that Mr. Bacon letter from TD Ameritrade from Fidelity or Vanguard, maybe like a bank of America. You do not want to be getting that statement from uh, Rob Black investments. That's a problem. When I started Rob Black Invesco or something like that, I, I want to take the word Invesco out because there is actually a company called Invesco. Um, that's where you get into trouble. So be cautious and know that like sometimes the people that you think are smart, aren't that smart. Hope that works for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Uber is going to be a big company and they've done a very smart thing in my opinion by lowering the terms of their deal because we can compare it to Lyft at this point in time 
And there's clearly a company who's more conservative. Now, here's the kicker. What if they're not? You know what I'm saying? Trust no one. Sometimes companies cook the books. You got to be cautious. You got to be. And that's why you look at the management team and you see the CFO is and CEO and the COO. And do they come from a track record of winning or failing? First thing I do before I invest in a company is I look at the management and I look at their track record. Because if they've had a, a, a history of success, I'm going to be, be more likely to buy in. I'm going to make up a quick example. Don't judge me on it. Sheryl Sandberg's worked for three of the greatest companies of all time as far as successes go, including Google and Facebook. If she leaves Facebook and goes somewhere, I'm probably going to take a look at where she goes. Does it make any sense to you? I don't know if it's like a general manager who built the Boston Red Sox World Series machine juggernaut that it was or the, the giants and you go oh, i'm gonna follow wherever this guy goes and he's gonna make a winner wherever he goes because he knows how to win there's some truth to that so take a look at management have they got a track record of winning or losing and you'll humble yourself at times when you take a look at a board of directors sometimes if it's a small company you'll be like um i i, I think they have a, a whole bunch of no ones on their board and they have a whole bunch of no buttons they might be enamored for their first time in life like I'm on a board of directors. <laughs> Giddy up. Um, and they don't know how to be a good steward. They don't know how to protect the company. They don't know how to like uh, guide it in the right direction. So that's out there. Have you ever looked at a board of directors? Have you ever looked at a management team? And if you haven't and you're investing, I don't think you know the whole story. And when you don't know the whole story, you're going to miss big parts of it. Big parts of it. And that's what can get you into trouble. I think most people should do use index funds or exchange traded funds. Chad and I have talked about that recently um, because there's going to be a lot of people today who go that Uber. I want to own some of them. I just got dinner the other night and it came from Uber Eats. They're losing money on Uber Eats first and foremost, right? Yes, I do think the future is in more peer-to-peer driving. I the gig economy is not going away. The question is when does it become autonomous? I don't think as fast as people think. You take a look at Uber and like. You want them to become autonomous, but then you have to deal with every mayor of every city that they go into. Airbnb has a problem because they have to deal with mayors in every city, governors in every state. And then you start getting into foreign principalities and <laughs> the Italian mafia cliche where you're like, I don't know if I can do business in it. I don't know anything about doing business in Italy, but they do. So there's a kind of a leap of faith that you take, but also look at these businesses as they're pretty hated. Uber is acting illegally in a lot of the places they're, they're, they're operating right now. And their idea is we'll fix it later. <laughs> Does that fly with you? It's like your kid. Uh, you know, he eats pizza all day, eats pizza all day, eats pizza all day. He's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. He's like, mom, mom, I'm take care of later. The next thing you know, he has a heart attack and dies, right? So you can't always fix your problems later. Airbnb, I know people that used to, like, on weekends, rent out their Airbnb. They'd go to their boyfriend's house, and they'd rent out their apartment on Airbnb. And then the city started getting wise to that, and then you start getting into some legal issues. A friend of mine went to Truckee, Tahoe, a couple years ago, got into Airbnb, got into the hot tub. His six-year-old daughter sitting in the hot tub, and it sucks out her intestines because she sat on, like, one of the vents or something, one of the circulators or something. Her intestines are hanging out of her body. They have to fly her to a hospital. The guy who was running the place didn't do a good enough job in safety and stuff like that. That's where Hilton comes in and does a good job. The surgeon who, the first surgeon said, I can't fix her. Second surgeon said, I saw it on YouTube. I know what to do. Little girls growing up perfectly fine. That's what the problem with some of these companies are.
I'm Rob Black. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. I think one of the dream jobs everyone has is being a game show host. None better than Alex Trebek. I was just reading about him and uh, his fight with cancer and how he's uh, progressing and things along those lines. Uh, What a great gig to be a game show host, huh? (laughs) But it ain't easy. Uh, One of the things I want to... Why am I bringing that up? There's a tie, and I'll, I'll figure out how to get there. I'm taking a look at Uber and Lyft, and one of the things I don't do on this show is I try to be as authentic as I can, and I know there's times where I'm not. So authenticity is super important. It's tied into integrity. One of the things I hate is when people will call, you know, drop me an email and say, hey, Ron, the other day you were talking about buying gold. I'm like, no, that wasn't me. You're listening to too many shows, and you're confusing us, and my name's not Ron. Um... There's a song, my Ting Tings or something like that. That's my name is. What's my name? And it's uh, all about high school and how people don't know who you are. And it's that identity. And that's where we tie back into Alex Trebek. When you think about Alex Trebek, you think Jeopardy, right? One of the things I won't do is put crap on the air, is put things that can hurt you. I, I try to do that as best I can. I, I, you're like, why don't you talk about stock options? I hear you can make a lot of money. Well, when I hear that you don't have a lot of money and you want to make a lot of money, I see that there's a disconnect. And I see that you're going to get used and someone's going to take advantage of you by trying to sell you into stock options. Options are very, very expensive to buy and very, very expensive to sell. You know who makes the money? The broker. Do you know who loses the money? You. When Uber's coming out and Lyft's out, I look at Lyft, I go, man, they're not in a good position. I don't short stocks. But if I did short stocks, that may be one that I want to short. I don't even talk about stuff like that on the air. Do you know why? Because in 1978, 79, I was at a theme park. I was a young boy. It was like a Six Flags. It was kind of, it was called uh, King's Dominion back in Virginia. And uh, I saw an invisible dog. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And I just went to Amazon to see if these things are still around. And yes, they are. For $9, you can buy an invisible dog. Now, that's a lot cheaper than buying a Vishla who gets hurt at the beach. And it's $1,000. The vet puts $2,000 of options in front of you. And you're like, oh, I feel good. It was only $1,000. No disrespect to vets. Um, but it feels like sometimes like, wow, that was a big variation. So you can buy an invisible dog. It's going to eat a lot less. It's going to poop a lot less than a real dog, right? Probably love you just as much when all is said and done. I miss my dog, Maisie, so much. She died last year in July. Um, but an invisible dog leash... at amazon.com and it's just kind of like a i think it's super starched or something like that so it's a leash that looks like it's being you're being pulled oh it's a great gag and i saw it at king's dominion when i was like eight nine ten years old i'm like that looks awesome i want one and that's the problem that's why i'll never short a stock because americans are stupid in the 70s we also bought things called pet rocks it's unbelievable it was a rock in a box and it came with a name it's a lot cheaper than a real pet (laughs) But Americans are pretty darn stupid. We'll buy anything. So I look at a company like Lyft and I go, I think they can go shorter. I think they're going to go down. I think Uber's Uber's got them where they want them. Got you where I want you. Now I'm going to eat you. That's from some cartoon in my childhood, right? Can't get that thought out of my head. But I don't short stocks. I don't sell options. I don't have any product that's high margin. Um, I don't think you need it. And that's where I'm trying to get at with this is don't outsmart yourself. You know the people I, I disrespect the most who come to seminars? They're like, I, I think now is the time to get out of the market. I'm going to get out of the market now because I, I think it's going to go lower. Don't ever get in the market if you want to get out of the market. You don't have a crystal ball. 
Now, you can cut your exposure if you're getting really nervous. Don't be an investor if you're going to be really nervous. There's a chart that I have on my, my office that shows the history of the Dow Jones Industrial Average for the last 70, 80 years. And guess what? It always goes up, even during recessions, during uh, not maybe during recessions, but after recessions. Uh, whether it be Nagasaki, whether it be Hiroshima, whether it be World War One, World War Two, whether it's Gulf War One, Gulf War Two. Do you know who made me the most money in the market? Saddam Hussein. Because when I was investing actively, people would get scared and get out of the market. And I was like, I'm coming, I'm jumping in because we're going to get that guy. It, it, there's going to be a resolution that's positive. But he would go, oh, I'm going to blow you Americans up. Or maybe Iraqis or, you know, the different religions. I don't know who he's threatening to blow up. But everyone would panic. Oil would go higher. The stock market would come down. Like when they caught him finally, I'm like, I hope he escapes. I kind of need him to scare the U.S. one more time so I can make one more push. It was easy money. It was free money to me. So I don't sell a lot of products. I don't sell a lot of gimmicks. I don't sell a lot of fear. Uh, market's going to go down again. Don't get in if you think you, you need a crystal ball to predict it, is my advice. And if, you, if you're too greedy, I had to fire a customer 20 years ago. A client is the right way of saying it. Because he said, if I give you an extra 10000 can you turn it into 100000 by Christmas? I'm like, your expectations are, are crazy. So I had to, I had to cut them. Because those are the people who are going to sue you. The people who understand the business, and you look at capitalism, and you look at the stock market going up, it's all about capitalism. It has nothing to do about roller coasters. Anyway, my voice is fried. I've been talking too much this week. <coughs> Next Thursday, big seminar in Los Gatos at the Toll House. You can come out. I would love to see you. Just don't ask me to short the market. Don't ask me about stock options and don't call me Ron. Toll House Hotel, next Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30. I'm going to give as much good information as I can. CFP Chad Burton uh, runs the event. It's all about income and retirement, wealth preservation, estate planning. It's good stuff. And uh, for radio listeners, it's free. Use the code RADIO25. Uh, Sign up at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Take care. Have a good weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.